0: Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World, and it's so sad. The filthy little urchin children all across the country, uh, they are going teacherless. They just have nothing to do. They're gumming their corn cobs. Their teeth have all fallen out of their heads because they've been entirely neglected. Because apparently there is a nationwide teacher shortage, which is really weird because if memory serves... I believe the teachers union somehow wangled $200 billion from the federal government. So, I mean, that should more than cover the tab. Uh, But, you know, apparently this is easily the greatest problem facing mankind at this juncture. So uh, there's only one person to turn to in terms of sorting These things out. And that, of course, is our nation's foremost school choice advocate uh, who does more work in this arena than just about anyone I've ever met or heard of Corey DeAngelo, senior fellow at the American Federation for Children. Welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having
0: me. Is there a teacher shortage?
1: I don't know. I really think it's a bunch of BS. It's a narrative that we hear year after year after year. And the reason that the teachers unions want to pretend that there's a teacher's shortage is because it allows for more, uh, an argument to have more dues paying members in the system. And we see that's where the money goes each and every year. I mean, between between 1992 and 2014, for example, Per pupil education expenditures increased by about 27 percent after adjusting for inflation in the United States. But real teacher salaries over the same period actually dropped by 2 percent. And the latest data that I've seen um, over the past couple of years between July 2019 and July 2022, the number of public school employees in the system has, uh, according to preliminary, preliminary numbers, has increased by about a half a percentage point. Whereas uh, we've lost about three to four percent of the school-age population, at least one point five million customers or students have left the school system, but the number of employees in the system have increased, if anything. So how? So there, there are more employees.
0: Short? There there are fewer students. Yes. How does that mathematically? It doesn't, reconcile. but it, ben- it
1: benefits the teachers' unions to say that there's, there, there's there's constant chaos because they can always ask for more money from the taxpayer, even though they just got $180 or $190 billion in so-called uh, COVID relief. And But look, if you buy the argument that there's a teacher shortage, I don't. I think it's a narrative that's perpetuated by the teachers' unions to ask for more and more money. Uh, because they can always just change the definition of what it means to have a teacher shortage. So So they'll always say that we need more and more and more, that's their incentive to do so. But if you did buy the argument, let's just for the sake of argument say, okay, there is a teacher shortage. The problem is that the system is a one-size-fits-all disaster that doesn't benefit students and it Mm -hmm. doesn't benefit teachers all that much either. If they pour more money into the system, it goes towards administrative bloat and staffing surges. It doesn't go towards uh, raising teacher salaries. Uh, For example, between 1970 and 2019, per-pupil education expenditures increased by about 152 percent after adjusting for inflation in the U.S. Teacher salaries. only increased by about 8%. And some more federal data for you, between 2000 and 2019, the number of teachers in the system increased by about 8%, the number of students about the same amount by about 7% or 8%. The number of administrators, however, increased by about 80 to 90%. So we see administrative bloat uh, ballooning in the K-12 system, and that's because the employer... The, dis- the school district, the government, has no incentive to spend an additional dollars wisely. And one way to fix that would be school choice, allow for bottom-up accountability, allow the fifteen or $16,000 that we spend per student per year in the government school system to follow the child to the education provider that works best for their needs. That would provide an incentive to treat the teachers better, uh, to treat the students better, and the parents better. It would be a win-win situation.
0: There are parents who say, anecdotally, um, that... Private school teachers make less than public school teachers. Yeah, that's
1: in the current system. And why, why are the uh, teachers in the private sector working there today? It's because they they make their cost-benefit decision based on a whole bunch of different uh, calculations. One part of the calculation is salary, but also another part is the amount of red tape that you have to deal with and the amount of autonomy, autonomy that you have. And private and charter school teachers tend to have more autonomy than they do in the government-run school system. Uh, so that could be another factor there. But if you had fifteen dollars or $16,000 following each student, well, then the private schools could afford to pay teachers higher than what they pay today. So that's a great argument for school choice. And then, in fact, there's five studies that I've seen on the topic. I've written about them on a blog a couple of years ago at the Washington Examiner in a piece called School Choice Benefits Teachers Too. All five of these studies have found statistically significant positive effects of either private or charter school competition on the teacher salaries in the public school system. So school choice is a win-win scenario. It benefits the kids, obviously. Competition in the market for goods and services is good for customers, families, and students, but competition in the labor market is also good for teachers and other employees.
0: All right, we got more of this interview after this. So, it's interesting because I always compare this to, you know, a few years ago in Florida. It was like, there are all these shark attacks. And, you know, they they had video and some drone footage, but it was actually the exact same number of shark attacks. They were just being reported differently. So, I was watching Miguel Cardona, the Secretary of Education, recently on a Sunday morning talk show. And he was, you know, going on and on about this teacher shortage. And I was like, huh, that's that's interesting." But I don't know if it's true. And then I talked to you a little bit and was reading about it. And if it's not true, why do people run with that narrative? Because it is so easy to sear that perception into people's brains and so difficult to unring that bell.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you just look into Google searches and you type in teacher shortage, you'll see it every single year. The teachers union perpetuates this myth over and over again because it's politically profitable to do so, or at least financially profitable for them to do so. And uh, the right is running with it too, because it's at the current moment, if we're looking at nationwide policies, well, Biden's in office right now. He happens to be a Democrat. And so if the Republicans can repeat the talking point that there's a teacher shortage as well, well, then it's uh, politically profitable for Republicans to do so because they can blame it on Biden, uh, which could help Republicans in the midterms. So it's currently, at the, in the current c- scenario, politically profitable for the left and the right to repeat the myth of the teacher, shor- of the teacher shortage. But there is some, some – um, truth to the the idea that some teachers are not treated well in the current school system and i think that the best solution to that is that instead of from the top down is from the bottom up attaching the money to the child allow families to choose that benefits the students and the teachers at the same time by providing more competition more incentives to spend money wisely and what better way to spend the additional dollars wisely than to put it into the classroom instead of going towards superintendents and other administrators yeah
0: i mean but we've seen the same thing in higher education you know it's like these administrations uh have gone up disproportionately over the decades but you don't see more professors you see uh tuition increase and you see people borrowing more money to pay for school but they're not getting more of an education um and you know as we talk a little bit, and we're not, not going to talk about this too much, but, you know, student debt forgiveness. <laughs> it's like, and again, Miguel Cardona said, we fixed the glitch in the system. It's like you haven't fixed the glitch because there's no incentive for schools to keep costs down. As long as they know there's going to be even more free money, they will hire more yeah. expensive administrators. You know, they they won't increase learning, which is not going to have any impact on outcomes.
1: Yeah, the student loan forgiveness is a a way to artificially inflate demand, which should increase the expected price of college in the long run. It shouldn't have the opposite effect. Uh, But let's take a a step back uh, here for a second. The federal government shouldn't be involved in the student loan uh, forgiveness business to, to begin with. In fact, the federal government shouldn't be involved in education at all the word education is not in the us constitution the department of education should have never been born amen was uh, that
0: jimmy carter yeah
1: 1979 we should get rid of the uh, Dep- Dep- department of indoctrination i mean uh, department of education uh, once and for all it should have never been around and it hasn't led to better outcomes in k through 12 we shouldn't expect it to do anything better for students at the higher education level and we spend so much money at, uh, in higher education with state lo- uh, local and federal taxpayer dollars, it's about three to $400 billion a year um, for higher education. I think that's over $20,000 per student enrolled in college. I mean, why are we spending so much money on these classes that aren't leading to better uh, life outcomes. I mean, you you had a story reported earlier today of University of Texas at Austin was offering a class on Taylor Swift. I mean, look, if you want to learn about Taylor Swift, that's great. But why should the taxpayer have to foot the bill for adults who voluntarily entered into a contract with uh, a provider of a service that it just makes no sense?
0: Yeah, I never took a Taylor Swift class at UCLA. I took some interesting classes. But it it was, uh, I, I think my favorite class I took at UCLA was evolution of human sexual behavior. And I asked my professor, why do men have nipples? <laughs> and do you know what he said? People, people in the class hissed at me because they thought it was a stupid question. And he said, the female form is the default form. Testosterone is an organizing hormone. We all start out as women and dudes get organized into dudes. And that's why we started out with nipples because we all started out as ladies and then eventually the dudes became dudes.
1: Yeah, but look, this seems like federal government overreach on the on the student loan forgiveness from the Biden administration. You see he's done this with other departments as well. He's weaponized the uh, Justice Department against parents at school board meetings with the National School Board Association that he colluded with. And uh, more recently, he has launched a war on public charter schools, which are a form of school choice that it's, that's working for millions of students today. And instead of going through Congress, because he probably didn't have the votes, he used the Department of Education to regulate the teacher union monopolies competition, which happens to be public charter schools. Uh, and so with the federal loan forgiveness um, uh, play, this is a, another way of going around Congress. And uh, it, it's an overreach of federal I government. Hope, I
0: hope there is a legal tra- Challenge to this. I truly do. And, you know, it's like, yeah, they're always looking for the teachers' unions are always looking for not just workarounds, but control. And that's why they overwhelmingly donate to Democrat candidates. And guess what? They're not doing anyone a favor. I love public charter schools. Uh, My daughters both went to a public charter school in Los Angeles, it was affiliated with LAUSD. But the the parents, uh, the PTA, and the administration at the school had much more say over curriculum and how money that was fundraised was spent. And, you know, a lot of times... Parents got together and bought extra teachers and and you know paid for extra spots and extra tutors and you know the kids were happy the parents were happy and it had a view of the Pacific Ocean so it was nice and bougie.
1: Totally great, yeah. I mean, they're, you're not residentially assigned to charter schools, so they don't have as much monopoly power, so they have a stronger incentive to cater to the needs of families and 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 customers. And at the same time, they're less likely to be unionized. Uh, so that's the main problem there. And, I don't like
0: unions. Yeah, I don't I like mean, public unions. I
1: mean, yeah, they, we should abolish public sector unions in general too. There's There's no reason why um, uh, we should have public sector unions, especially when they can extort the taxpayer in perpetuity. It's a huge problem. We saw it play out with the COVID pandemic. They closed the public schools. They got to continue receiving taxpayer funding. And in fact, they closed the public schools and they didn't get the same revenue stream. They were able to use that as an argument as to why they should extort even more money. Oh, we're closed because we need more money. And then they can get the funding from an involuntary third party, the taxpayer, that um, has no say in the matter. And uh, it's created huge problems and it's become a political arm of the Democratic Party. Like you said, the American Federation of Teachers, Randy Weingarten's union, according to Open Secrets, 99.99% seven percent of campaign contributions from AFT have gone to Democrats as opposed to Republicans in 2022 alone. And that's a consistent trend over the past three decades.
0: Yeah, that's gross. And and those are teachers dues. And a lot of times they don't like having to pay them. And a lot of times, you know, if they want to be teachers, they have no choice. Did you ever want to be a teacher? And what would you teach?
1: No, I never really wanted to be a teacher. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, look, in a in a way, um, all all families become teachers at some point because parents uh, teach their children. Yeah, uh, y- You can teach other people in life. Um, but as far as formally a teacher in the public school system, uh, not my cup of tea, and uh, I'd rather fix the system than be a part of the broken problem.
0: I wanted to be a preschool teacher. I still want to be a preschool teacher. I might do it. I might do it on the side. They may They may <laughs> kick me out. They may call the police, but I think I'd have a great time
1: or, doing or if that. I was a teacher, I'd want to do like one of those micro schools things. So you, you get five to 10 children together in a household. If we had ESAs, education savings accounts, like they just passed in Arizona, you can have the, the state funding, follow the child, and then you can have it go directly to the teacher instead of having to pay for administrators and, and the, the support staff and all of the buildings. Uh, the revenues can more directly go to – this is another reason why school choice can benefit teachers too. And, and during the school closures, there was actually a story in Washington Post, in fact, that was talking about a New Jersey teacher that had been in the system for decades uh, started a micro school with five to ten children in in her household, and she ended up making more money that way than in the school system and had a lot more autonomy and a, a class size that was about a third of, of the class size as the government-run school.
0: Have you ever heard of the Sudbury School? Love that place. Place amazing. Um, All right. Corey D'Angelo, thank you for being a part of the podcast again. Yeah, totally. Thanks for having me. Was this a dream come true? Oh, absolutely. There it is. This has been Kennedy Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. Congressman from South Carolina brings you a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.